CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live at the NASDAQ market site on this Friday afternoon. The guys here are getting ready behind me. And while they're doing that, here's what's coming up on the show. Jack is back with shares of both Twitter and Square surging. And the charts are pointing to even more gains for one of them. Plus, biotech is breaking out. And a key event next week could send the space higher. We'll tell you how to profit for less. And the Apple Worldwide Developers Conference kicks off next week. And we got a way to get long the stock for less than six bucks. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins right now. And that's where we start with Apple. The stock closing at a record high today as it inches closer to that trillion-dollar market cap milestone. Today's highs aside, shares of the tech giant have been trading in a very tight range over the past month. But with its Worldwide Developers Conference kicking off on Monday, could this be the catalyst to take it to $1 trillion and beyond? Let's get in the money. Dan, you are trading Apple for us today. Yeah, so it might be. You know, that range is really interesting. Since May 4th, it's been trading between 185 and basically 190, just banging around in that level. And so when you think about this event, uh, Tim Cook is going to kick it off at 1 Eastern with a keynote. And I don't think expectations are particularly high. And options traders certainly don't. I think the implied move between now and next Friday is a little less than 2%. I mean, the stock was almost up 2% today. So the expectations are not for some new hardware or anything particularly interesting. So so I think you could have a scenario here where they talk about services, they talk about all these different expanding operating system ecosystems, watchOS, tvOS, we know iOS, obviously, and macOS. Um, and these are the sorts of things that make people feel better about the services growth, which made up 15% of their total sales in the quarter that they reported um, just a month ago. So to me, I think you set up for a further consolidation in the near term into this event. But what you really want to set up for is that iPhone guidance. That's what drives this stock and they're going to probably give that late July early August and then you have that hardware cycle and the stock usually trades into it so to me I think you just do a simple call calendar here today when the stock was trading at 190 you could buy the June September 195 call calendar playing five and a half dollars for that selling one of the June 195 calls at 80 cents and buying one of the September 195 uh, calls for six dollars and fifty uh, excuse me six dollars and thirty cents your max risk is that uh, $5.50. What you want this trade to do over the next two weeks here is move up towards that 195, kind of break out a little bit, have that June call that your short expire worthless, and then you own that September one that's going to be near the money. And at that point, you could turn it into a calendar again. You could turn it into a vertical spread. But what you're trying to do is chip away at that premium of owning that longer dated call throughout the summer, catching a couple different events. You know, it's hard for a company this size to make really substantial moves, especially if it's going to be something that's more ecosystem based rather than an update on how the biggest driver of their ongoing profits might be. Although I do think personally that the bloom is a little bit off of the iPhone rose, so to speak, in terms of growth. And the other thing I would notice is that this, you know, the call you're selling is not a particularly expensive one. And it's a good thing that it is about almost 3% out of the money because, 
you know, otherwise I might not be inclined to sell an 80 cent option on a nearly $200 stock. Yeah, idea. right. And I just wanted to give it a little room. That's why I chose the 195 strike because at the end of the day, listen, if it goes to 195, this trade's going to be profitable. You can actually roll out of that short call. But really, I don't think owning premium into this week's event, that's the most important thing, is the right trade to play for a breakout. Carter may have some different views I on mean, that Yeah, setup. I'm in the breakout camp here and now. But like explosive? Well, remember, it, it is a big stock, but it moved from 160 to 190 in a matter of eight, ten sessions post-earnings. Granted, it was yeah. down going into that print, but the breakout, the tight range, tightest range in about four years in terms of uh, two to three weeks, that tight. You looked at it there on the chart. It closed at the high of the range today. I think it's up and out. You know, one thing about buying that longer dated option is that over the course of the next week, through the developers conference, that is not likely on its own going to decay very much, right? So, you know, there is some benefit to selling the shorter dated call for the 80 cents that you're going to collect to do it. But you're not going to be offsetting that much decay, really. Not in the grand scheme of how much the stock costs. Yeah, but so like, I, you, I think you wouldn't go and buy a September out of the money call for $6.50. I mean, that, that's what I'm trying to do here is well, kind of whittle away. Well, that's 3% of the stock price, right? Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't think that's such a bad play if you're inclined to get long in the stock is actually to buy longer-dated calls in Apple. And I, again, I think it might be a good play. It's thematic. It's not, it, it is specific to Apple, but it's, it's, it's a mindset that's in the market now. People are, are concerned. The, the whole synchronized global growth story is very much in question. Again, financials, industrials not performing. And yet Google, Apple, Amazon, the things that have worked, Money is going there. When I you think, say breakout here now, I mean, how, what is the upside here? I mean, well, ultimately, if you were to take a measured move, this tight range, it implies about what Dan is saying, 195. But once you're into all-time highs, you can you can pick the number you want. Yeah, and I'm going to get the last word here. I think what Mike's trying to say is I'm being a little cute. If you agree with Carter and the technicals and you think the fundamentals are going to be fine next week, but they're not right. going to surprise the upside, and then you're excited about July guidance and then the phones, then you buy calls, you buy call spreads, you do a risk reversal, you sell a put, buy a call. You know, you do something. I'm just trying to kind of be a little cute here, and I think there's cheap. a lot of ways you, can, you guys you can, can do it. You can buy calls here. The options are cheap. Okay, there you go. Last word. Good trade, bad trade. Now to another big event next week, the ASCO conference, or as we like to call it, the Super Bowl for drugs. The world's biggest drug conference happening in Chicago next week. Biotech stocks have been seeing a bit of a resurgence lately, up 10% from the April low. And Chartmaster, you say there could be a bigger biotech breakout ahead. Well, it's, it's a small cap, large cap thing, but let's, uh, let's go see. Let's go figure it out. Um, what we know is, in fact, one of the best areas of the market, and it dovetails with the whole small cap theme, is small cap biotech or a different way to look at it is take a look at XBI in relation to its high from about three years ago. Now this is an equal weighted index as distinct from the IBB coming up next and what we know is after contending with this prior high we are now exceeding it breaking out. So keep that in your mind's eye and let's look at the IBB. Now here is the difference right it's the large cap names that have lagged Celgene you know, multi-year lows, Regeneron, Agilead, Amgen not participating. But my hunch is that these are actually going to start to catch up with some of the small ones. So if we put those two lines together, here we have them, right? Meaning a lot of correlation, and then they've diverged, of course, uh, over the past year, uh, a, a doubling or more. My thinking is that large cap, IBB is the way to play it, has got some upside here. So let's focus on the IBB top. And what I have here is relative to the healthcare sector. So now relative to managed care, relative to J&J &J and Lilly, Pfizer. If I put in this downtrend line, we, for the first time in about three years, 
broke above the line ever so slightly, pulled back, and now we've broken up again. The beginning of relative outperformance to its sector and the spread with the small cap suggests to me that there's more to go. Okay, now the chart itself, IBB, and the channel it's been in since the low. Literally, a perfect channel. And my thinking is that we are at the low end and that we're headed to the high end. So I want to be long IBB here. Um, it's a pretty straightforward thesis. All right, so Mike, how are you trading IBB? You know, several of the constituent stocks of IBB, which is basically the proxy for the NASDAQ biotech index, are trading very cheaply on a trailing basis. The names he just mentioned, the Celgenes, the Gileads, uh, Regenerons, these are trading maybe eight to nine times earnings. Of course, we thought they were cheap when they were 10 to 11 times earnings, and where have they gone since? Biogen, I would say, has actually seemingly made a little bit of a bottom here and has seemed to have turned. But here's something to think about. So it hasn't, it's outperformed over the past month, but not over the past year, not over the past five years. But if you look back for the history of this index, it has about doubled the performance of the S&P total return index. Why is that? It's because it has great demographic tailwinds, right? So these are transformative companies that are developing transformative products that have huge potential customer bases and cost a tremendous amount of money. We saw that with the hepatitis um, drugs that came out, there was about nine of them. That was obviously transformative. So I think what you can do here is you can actually trade a call spread risk reversal to mitigate the cost of buying some of these options. I was looking at the July 103, 110, 117 call spread risk reversal, selling the July 103 puts for 95 cents, buying the 110 calls for 265, and then selling the July 117 calls for 45 cents. Now, this is only going to cost you a little over a buck to do this trade. One of the things you can take a look at is if you look at, say, the same trade in June, you're going to notice that it isn't much different in price. What that tells you is this is not a trade that's going to decay very much. If IBB were to pull back to that lower level, you're not going to own it until it gets down there, basically, other than the buck you spent. But you do get participation for about 6 to 7% to the upside from here. Yeah, so I like, Mike, you've done this well with selling a downside put in a market that actually has been pretty range-bound, even if they are maybe cheap in vol terms or whatever. But Mike's trade in the worst-case scenario is you basically get long down at 104 versus a stock that's trading at 102, uh, uh, excuse me, 110, and then you get long on the upside at 111. So that risk-reward ratio, are, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And as far as Carter's charts, the most compelling chart, I think, is that uptrend. The fact that it's kind of banging yep. down on that, and you see a lot of room to Mike's high strike, and that's why he's selling that 170. Because, you know, a 6-7% rally over the next uh, month and a half or so would be pretty nice. And then if you were to toss in, let's say it's 50-50 for equities in general. Mm -hmm. If we're going higher, money will, and it already is just starting to, it's nascent, will flow to this laggard area. We've seen that in a lot of beaten up retail names. And if the market is about to go into a big spin lower, I'll bet you a lot of the damage has already been done. Can I ask you, though, does yeah. the XBI chart look bad because the premise of this trade is that that gap between IBB and XBI will be filled but on a fundamental basis there may be reasons why the IBB is trading the way it does and that's because a lot of these big cap biotech companies are more like pharma stocks now that there's been a fundamental sort of change in, right. in the and, and composition. they're probably and they're not much worse than or better than the pharma it's the small cap ones because they're acquisition candidates right, and they right. get the dream premium when you have nothing but dreams no earnings no cash flow you can put any valuation you want on it Indeed, they do. And you know, they and, do. You know, and, so, and well, some of these companies are also pairing off. So you have like Bluebird tomorrow pairing off with Celgene, and then you've got Loxo Oncology early next week. These are again, you know, these targeted therapy oncology drugs have huge market potential. So you want to spread your bets around. 
All right, for everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our latest newsletter. More than 100,000 of you have. So don't be the only one missing out. Here's what's coming up next. Soaring shares of Twitter. But if you missed the move, relax. We've got a way to get long for less than $2. We'll explain. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Breaking down uh, what we're seeing in the tech space is another very rich man, CNBC's Dom Chu. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melissa, I may lack the monetary wealth of other folks, but I'd like to think I've made up for it in other ways. But Jack Dorsey, well, he's taken a good amount of heat over the years. But over the course of the last 12 months, Dorsey has come out looking pretty decent for his job at the helm of both companies. He is the chief executive of and a founder of as well. And if you thought you had a nice month of May, it likely doesn't compare to Dorsey, who saw his net worth increase by a whopping Get this, $733 million or thereabouts. Now, Twitter stock has flown right past the rest of the market, gaining 14% just for the month of May, meaning Jack Dorsey's stake in the company gained around $65 million in value. Not too shabby. And that means that his stake in Square will account for the bulk of his net worth gain for the month as shares of the payment processor soared by around 24%, meaning that that stake gained $668 million just during the month. Again, not too shabby. If you look over the past year, investors who've been at least along for the ride have benefited to some degree. Twitter, still a long way, yes, away from record highs, but it's still up 88% just over the last 12 months. Square shares are up over 150% in that same time frame, and by the way, set a new record high earlier today. So it's been a nice run. But Melissa, what will it take to keep things moving in that upward and onward direction for both those companies? Time will tell. Back over to you. All right, Dom. Thank you, Dom Chu in the newsroom. So if you want to get a piece of Jack's fortune, how can you do it? Mike's over at the plasma with the call to action. Mike. Yeah, so we're going to take a look at using a call spread in Twitter. Uh, one of the reasons you definitely want to take a look at using options in a name like Twitter is that the stock is clearly quite volatile. The thing is that you don't want to just go out and buy outright options, though, because the options themselves are quite expensive. And the structure we're looking at here is one that we're trying to use to limit our downside risk. So if we take a quick peek at how the stock has behaved, you know, one of the things we can see is obviously it has had a pretty strong move and we're getting right back basically to these prior highs right here. The problem is we can't really start selling puts over here as a way to collect some premium because these ones down here are probably only about 20 cents. So what's the structure we're taking a look at using? I was simply going out to July buying the 36 41 call spread, you could spend $1.45 for that. That's just a little bit over the 25% we like to pay when we're looking to buy a call spread. We get a decent amount of time until expiration as well. And let's take a look also at how this works in terms of probabilities. Now, had I simply just bought that call, I would have to, the stock would actually have to get up to the $38 level just to break even. So there's a 76% chance that that would have happened between now and expiration. By selling that 41 strike call, I've improved my odds now there's about a 93% chance that between now and expiration, that stock is actually going to get to my $37 break even. And here's the other thing. 
selling that 41 straight call, there's only a 36% chance between now and expiration it was actually going to get there anyway. So this is a nice option to sell, and that obviously has improved the likelihood that this trade is going to be profitable significantly. Dan, what do you think of the trade? Um, I like the trade, and I think Mike lays out the probabilities pretty well. I mean, for me, I'm usually generally catalyst-driven, so I look at what the event is going to be to catalyze that move up to his high short strike, which would be $41, a level it's not traded in a very long time. And to me, that would be earnings, and that's really going to fall in August expiration. So it really depends what you're playing for, just continued momentum over the next six weeks or so, or if you're looking for an event to catalyze it. But I like his strikes, and I like his target, and the risk-reward of the trade makes sense. Let's look at, uh, I mean, you had a nice... You had a chart up there. Yeah, believe that, or I drew one. <laughs> yeah, you, drew, you drew a line. So uh, let, let, I have uh, I have some uh, Twitter charts here, and let's just try to zero in on on those we have them. The key is that on March fourteenth, uh, the stock was thirty six uh, sixty, and today we pushed above those highs at thirty six sixty five, ever so slightly. So uh, a new high. And if you look at the uh, current setup in relation to the five year bottoming out formation, the implications are higher and really aggressively so. Yeah, I mean, the idea here, and that's a good point, because I think they report on the 27th, yeah. which comes after July 27th, by the way. So that's after the expiration of the structure. But I absolutely am just simply playing the stock's momentum here. It's been strong now for a couple of weeks, and I think that it's likely to continue. Yeah, and why the catalyst is important to me, that last year they actually had negative sales growth for the first time since their entire history, and it's expected to be up 19% year over year, getting to $3 billion or nearly, and on a gap basis, profitability. If this quarter demonstrates this continued revenue growth with better monetization and better profitability, then this stock is going right to Mike's target get sometime soon, but you may need that catalyst. All right, coming up, Disney flying so low. Get it? So low, so low. Uh, the stock falling 3% this week after its new Star Wars installment failed to impress at the box office. We will tell you how to play it. Plus, got a question for one of the traders. Don't be shy. Send us a tweet to add options action. If it's nice, we'll read it later on in the show. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in New York's Times Square. Much more options action right after this. Welcome back to Options Action. We've got a news alert now on Palo Alto. Josh Woodson in San Francisco with the details. Josh. Melissa, some big news here out of Palo Alto Networks announcing that its board of directors has named Nikesh Arora as its new CEO and chairman of the board, effective June 6. Uh, he succeeds Mark McLaughlin, who is transitioning to the role of vice chairman of the board. Nikesh Arora, former president and COO at SoftBank, also a big name out here in Silicon Valley uh, as the former chief business officer at Google. Again, Palo Alto Networks naming Nikesh Arora as its new CEO and chairman of the board. Melissa, back to you. All right. Thanks a lot, Josh. See the stock popping in the after hours. Thin trade, granted, but still up. I mean, listen, here's a huge hire. You're playing with strength here. I mean, the stock's making all-time highs on this sort of thing. I don't think you have to go out and buy it, but this is a company that's doubled their sales in the last three years. Now they need to get to gap profitability. This seems like the guy to do it. All right. Moving on, time to take a look back on some of our open trades. Last week, Mike said Disney was set to soar on the back of its Han Solo movie debut. I am, you know, modestly bullish, actually, in Disney here. The stock is actually trading at historically cheap multiples. I think this is probably going to be a success at the box office. I was looking at selling the June 103 puts. Now, when I was looking at that, the stock was just under 103, so it was slightly in the money. I could collect $1.70 for that. But instead, Han Solo sent Disney shares so low. 
get it so <laughs> low. Stock down around 3% since the time of the trade. So, Mike, what do you do now? You know, one of the things I pointed out when we put this trade on was that I was comfortable buying Disney at the 103 strike. We even mentioned that if you had the stock put to you, that the play then was to hang on to those shares and then look to override it, sell calls against it. I think it's a great actually candidate for that. The stock is trading at historically very cheap multiples compared to how it has historically, I think, you know, yielding almost 2% in terms of dividends, 13 times forward earnings. I think the solo story is probably likely going to turn around. So, I, you know, I'm comfortable owning the stock at these levels. I suppose patience is a virtue. And in this case, that's probably what's required. I mean, if you were just to screen for stocks at or near 52-week lows in this environment and marquee names like this, I mean, something can't be right. Uh, maybe that's your premise is going to change. But I'd rather wait for a few updates first. You saw Solo twice. Yeah, I did say. I, listen, I thought it was great. <laughs> I think, it, you know, the stock rallied 5% into the thing, whether it was excitement about that or not. But I think Mike's point about selling the put, you know, he was prepared to buy the stock there. He liked the potential leverage of the trade structure that he had, not too different than what he talked about in Twitter here. So um, in a name like Disney, I think it does make sense to sell puts, to buy calls when you're bullish, if you're willing to buy the stock at that put sell price. All right. Up next, we got your tweets and the final trade. Time for a tweet, and uh, our fan asks, can you explain a butterfly? Mike. Yes, very quickly. So you buy one option, you sell two options slightly away from that, and then you buy another one to cover it. The objective is you want the underlying to run to the short strike where you're short those two options. All right, good explanation. Time for the final call. Last word from the options, Fitz Carter. Like biotech and big cap biotech for a catch-up. IBB long. Mike. Call spread risk reversals there and call spreads on Twitter. Dan. Yeah, so uh, Apple, if you're bullish into WWDC, I like call spreads or call calendars. Our time has expired. I'm Melissa Lee. Thanks so much for watching. See you back here next Friday for more Options Action. Don't go anywhere. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.